What are you saying, huh? What are you saying? You're very welcome to Creation Arcade, a podcast where I talk to creative people about what they're doing now and how they got here. This week, however, the podcast is going to be a little bit different. This week, I'm recording on my own with a handheld recorder rather than um, having the fancy mobile studio set up that Create Sound provide. And I'm sure you'll notice the difference in sound quality. I mean, this is a industry standard professional recorder but it is a few years old and I think there may be some glitches along the way just in the last few months this uh, recorder has started to show its old age so hopefully it comes out okay and of course Conan will edit the episode and work his magic so this message may very well be removed if there is no glitches along the way but if there is that's why and it just goes to show you that it's if you're making a podcast it's your business to get on to createsound.ie mobile podcast providers and put yourself in the wonderful sphere of higher quality sound podcasts which is something I really appreciate when I'm listening to them. There are a few podcasts that at certain times I can't listen to, say if it's late at night like bedtime because you have to keep turning them up or down depending on who's talking and then there's other ones that the sound quality is just like it goes through me and I don't really use headphones to listen to things that much. I tend to be on my own. (laughs) Sob, sob. So I can just have the volume on my phone or laptop turned up. But if you are listening on headphones, I always thought like that must be really difficult to have pressed right up against your ears. So podcasters of Ireland, hear me now. Get a bit more serious about your sound game, lads, okay? It's worth it. And you can do that by getting on to the wonderful createsound.ie or just get in touch with Conan himself. You can send me a message if you would like to do that. Okay, so as you know, so far I've been interviewing people, but I do want this podcast to be sort of broader, I suppose, than that. I want to have room to make it whatever I want, which is sort of why I called it Creation Arcade, because the whole idea is that within Creation Arcade, it can be so many things. So I thought that uh, I, as your host, Harriet is my name, if this is your first listen, please enjoy and welcome, but also please go back and listen to the other six episodes and follow all my guests and support their work because they're amazing. So I thought what I'd do this week is I would talk about Creation Arcade. So for me, and what Creation Arcade came from I suppose it's a little bit of a convoluted tale so I'm finding it hard to figure out where to start but basically Creation Arcade was a shopping centre in Dublin just off Grafton Street it was also a place um, where um, my great granny and probably my granny as well and all women who were um, you know being grown up women active active no no they weren't active um, (laughs) 
God, no, God forbid. The 50s, no, no. Um, so uh, anyone who was basically a woman in the 50s and 60s will know this shopping centre and will know the magazine that I'm going to talk about as well. Uh, so talk to your mammies and your grannies um, if you want to see if they if they remember it. And you might remember it. So I'm 33 and it was in existence until 2003. So it was there for the bulk of my life, I suppose. And uh, But it was a real sort of non-existent place. It was unfortunately seemed like... Um, you know, it was a bit like walking through a, a country town in a in a recession. Most things were closed and or the windows uh, that once were shops were being used for advertising. There was probably a travel agent in there, um, I remember. Anyway, so again, you still don't know what I'm really talking about. So I will try my best to weave this tale for you. So we're going to go back to uh, when I was young. Because this is one of the first sort of sparks of when I realised that, like, everything that I was looking at, um, I loved it so much, you know. And as a grown-up, when I reflect on that, I realised that I wish I had had the sort of knowledge to fully realise that when you get that feeling, that's that's the feeling. That's what people mean when they say, do something you love, you know. You know, just just love your work, you know? You're like, yeah, but I have to get paid, man. So, you know, <laughs> there's a balance to be had. But anyway, so uh, when I was young, my great granny, her name is Marion, and uh, she was a fierce, fierce lady, I tell you. I was very, very scared of her. She was not nice to us. Um, so we were like her, I don't know, I was maybe her fourth or fifth great-grandchild. Oh, hang on. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, look, we'll be loose with the, with, with the facts. Um, so, Nana, uh, oh, she was a mean old bitch, you know. Uh, she'd send you, she'd make you go outside all day, you know, it could be whatever the weather. Um, she'd just give out. She never, I never remember saying anything nice to me. I never remember only talking about us through our mum, you know, like, she's too thin. Do you ever feed her anything? You know, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> she had a dog called Sambo, I think, or Rambo. And my uncle had one called the opposite, one of them. Um, and she lived in, you know, what I refer to as the Manor Born, the house built by her husband, my great-granddad. His name is Dan Dan, Daniel. Um and he built that house while they were engaged or whatever and then, you know, they got married and moved into it and it's all very lovely. Um, but like I say, she wasn't a laugh, you know, and obviously as a five-year-old, you're like, come on, man, like, why are you being so mean, you know? But uh, the older I get and the more life I go through, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why, fair enough. Uh, so anyway, uh, we were never allowed in her bedroom or any. We weren't even. We weren't allowed on the stairs. We just weren't allowed. We weren't allowed. And um, when she got older, she lived to be um, ninety six. She died one day before her ninety seventh birthday. So it seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? You know, um, on the you know how averages work. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll round it up. So anyway, um, and that was in nineteen ninety seven. Yes, she was born in nineteen hundred or 1901, so wh whichever way that works out, right? So anyway, um, so uh, when we eventually got into her room, which was when she went into a nursing home, um, 
when we got to go in and I'd always had glimpses of it, you know, in between like the gap of the door, her side and the and the door frame where she'd be going, what are you doing? Get downstairs. And you'd see like a fur coat hanging on a wardrobe or a, um, whatever, you know, you'd know, ooh, there's fancy things in there. And she always had impeccable clothes on. Now she was well-dressed and a lady. Uh, so... And when we got into this room, I remember the first time I went in there because it was it was it was it was quite sad. You know, she was too old. She'd been old and on her own for a long time. And because she hadn't let anyone into her room for years, you can imagine the sort of hoarding-esque element. I mean, hoarding is a bit strong, but, you know, there was definitely like piles of things about light. And one of the piles was a stack of creation magazines. Creation Magazine was a magazine in the 50s and 60s that came out of Dublin and was the, sort of for the modern woman. You know, you can imagine all the beautiful ads for things, things, that, you know, that would cause a stir, like ads for bras and, you know, or push-up bras, say, when they came out. And, you know, it would be a bit, oh, my Lord, you know, and um, very much it's sort of aspiring modern um, American type capitalism idea from this magazine you know it was very um, there was lots of hand-drawn pictures as well as photographs and uh, they had like recipes and how to clean things and all the things that women's magazines still have but obviously way cooler so and everything was about your husband will love this you know this sort of thing so so I looked through these magazines and was like, wow. And in one one month, um, so mum said to me that um, Nana had had a subscription to this magazine and um, she used to get it once a month and loved it, li- lived it. And uh, so like they'd have, they'd say, you know, they'd give you like a pattern for a jacket and one, one week would be like the front panel of the arm or one month would be the front panel of the arm and the next month would be the, the back panel of the arm and then they'd give you the two pieces for the the pockets and then you'd do the other arm and then you'd do the front panels and the collar and la la and then at the end you'd put it all together and you'd have this like amazing sort of couture-esque bespoke jacket that you had made which obviously now sounds like oh my god deadly but back then everybody made their clothes you know I mean even people who were children in the 70s had mothers who made most of their clothes so you know it wasn't that unusual usual I suppose but I was like this is deadly I love this so that's one of my first memories of sort of going Ooh, you know and I really kick myself now and go like what were you doing like I, I never considered doing fashion in college or anything to do with design but like it seems ridiculous that I didn't cop that, you know, some sort of like going, what were you thinking of there, you mad woman? But anyway, so that's another tale. So, well, there's a dog barking. I'm sorry, he's a pain in the arse. But the cat is here beside me being very quiet. So hopefully she'll she'll pipe up soon and give us a little meow. Because she's a darling, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Oh, she knows I'm talking about her. I can see her ears twitching. So I found this stack of magazines and that's one of my early memories of this sort of thing. Like, wow, cool, love this. And then cut to mid-90s, hanging around Grafton Street, smoking cigarettes with your friends. Well, late 90s for me. So I was, I was you know, 15 in 2000. So, okay, noughties. I don't like saying the noughties. I mean, nobody does. It's so naughty. Uh, yeah, lame. So uh, in the early 2000s, uh, it was still there. And it was a bit of a, like, empty shell, you know, as, like, empty shops that sort of thing so it was a sort of a non-place you'd only really use it as a shortcut if you were going to like Duke Street or Lemon Lane or whatever um, 
so you probably won't remember it as being somewhere that you ever went. They had a surf shop at the back. It was called On Board. I say at the back, but like it had four entrances and none of them was really the front. So what I mean is like the non-Grafton Street side. And so it was called On Board and had some cool writing. And actually, if you Google Creation Arcade, you'll find a couple of photographs. And one of them has um, that On Board sign in it. It's, it's uh, you know, they, they put some effort into their branding. I like it. I appreciate that work. Good job, guys. Um, so that's why I called my... No, I'm getting confused. <laughs> okay, so I had a... Then I, when I came to doing a vintage and secondhand clothing stall that I ran for about a year, maybe, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, I'm not sure. I started at the Dublin Flea. That was the best one, made the most money, all that. And But I had like three months to prepare for that. So I was shopping in charity shops and really like building a, a collection. I would go so far as to say that because I put so much effort into this. I had handmade tags. I had like really pretty ribbon tied on to, as the um, pricing structure or whatever. Um, I had lists. I made like cost, you know, I treated it like a, like a, business project I suppose um, and then I, I did the stall in like the Bernard Shaw and in Pravda except it's obviously not Pravda anymore because it's not 2004 so I don't know what you crazy kids call it the Grand Social maybe is that what it's called yeah um, and Bernard Shaw and then Generator in Smithfield I did one there and a couple of other places um, and it was pretty like a, a regular on the, you know, vintage clothing circuit scene. Uh, and that was great fun, but re- really, really hard work. And like anything, I suppose, if you, if you don't have enough time to put into it, it, you know, you always have a big pile of stuff in your house. That's the other downfall to running a stall is you need space or a car that you don't mind permanently being full of stuff, except that obviously when you're dealing with like vintage clothes, you have to look after them a bit better. You know, you can't just leave things in a pile you like hang them up and air them and whatever keep them straight because you don't want to be putting an iron on that silk or whatever (laughs) so um I called my stall uh creation arcade and I set up the Facebook page and made the email and all that stuff and then a couple of years later I was in a couple of years that's a lie four five years I was in UCD this is last spring last from March to June I did an innovation course in UCD uh, it was called Innovation, Entrepreneurship and Enterprise. And that was great. And I recommend anyone should go and do that. Um, if you have a degree and you're on the dole, you can apply through Springboard. And it's a great course. It's only it's three mornings a week. Uh, so if you're a parent, handy, a parent of a school going child, obviously. Um, and a really great thing to do for like your confidence and everything like that. So, you know, just... Look into it if that sounds like it rings true in your ears and you're maybe, um, yeah, it'll definitely be a good idea. You know, it was great experience. Um, and actually with that course, I actually didn't get a place on the course. And then the day after it started or the day it started, I got a phone call from one of the course coordinators who it had transpired three people hadn't turned up. And he said, look, do you want to do you want a place? But you have to start tomorrow. I was like, um, I've been out of work for a year and a half and I'm a bit severely depressed there at the moment. Uh, but sure, fuck it. Like I went anyway, you know, it was grand. Sure. You know, like, look, at, we're all in it together. Like, we'll get there. Um, 
and while I was there, uh, one of my projects or the main project, the thing that I came up with or the sort of problem I had to solve or whatever. Um, so they asked us to think of something we were passionate about um, or an area that you were passionate about. I chose fashion, which again, wasn't even, I didn't even think of it myself. Someone was like, I was going, I mean, what really is my passion? I don't know. And they were like, uh, fashion, you dope. So uh, thank you very much. I, You're correct. I am a dope. Um, so I chose fashion. And then I, the problem I decided to solve was um, that having your sort of um, fancy hat is a massive pain in the arse if it's not on your head. So I was trying to solve the problem of where to put your hat when it's not on your head. And like I'm talking about a tailored hat, that's something you care about. You don't want to like stuff into your bag or put on a table in a pub that has sticky ring marks from pints of beer and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. So I did solve that problem and I actually invented something. Hello. Yes, that's me. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi there. My name's Harriet. I'm actually an inventor. That's that's me. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, and it's called the Hattie, which is my like childhood nickname, Hattie. So this is hat dash capital T. It's a T-shaped fabric and magnet device that will attach your hat to near on anywhere, I tells you. So if that sounds like something you'd love to bankroll, you just shoot me on over a DM there, will (laughs) you? Deadly thanks a million. Uh, So that was really fun and great. And when I was leaving UCD, the last thing we had to do, the last sort of like uh, presentation we had to do was the story of your future. And so I was like, uh, what's the story of my future? Oh my God, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, oh no, wait, I do know. It's called Creation Arcade. Because Creation Arcade is, for me, it's anything I make, whether it's buying secondhand furniture and painting it and doing some sort of like design mural on the side and then giving it back to a charity shop for someone else to buy or if it's uh, altering a dress or if it's making a podcast or if it's inventing a magical miracle hat device or if it's writing a film or whatever it all falls under the umbrella title of creation arcade so that brings me now to the history of creation arcade and it's just a bit lovely it's just a bit lovely first things first and i have to say this is from a wordpress um website so it's katiemilligan.wordpress.com she, I believe, is an historian, darling. Okay? Yes. So, uh, she wrote this in uh, 2013, six years ago, when Creation Arcade was finally given the the knock, right? Bulldozed and all that. And now it is, I believe, the giant Nespresso shop. You know where that is on Duke Street? So, uh, this is her um, piece about Creation Arcade. <clears throat> I beg your pardon. Yesterday, demolition was the fate of Dublin's first and once premier shopping arcade. Officially opened on the 3rd of December 1959 by the then Lord Mayor of Dublin, Councillor P.A. Brady. A full report of its building, opening and facilities was given in the eponymous magazine Creation, the magazine of fashion and decor. Surely one of the most fascinating remnants of middle-class Ireland during the 1950s and 1960s. Now, at this point, there's a um, photograph in the article of the article she's talking about in Creation magazine about Creation Arcade. 
So it's got like a artist's impression of the uh, shopping arcade and a map showing you where it is. And the sort of headline is, Now Creation gives you Dublin's first shopping arcade. Creation Shopping Arcade. Grafton Street will be linked with Duke Street, Duke Lane and Anne Street South by the new shopping arcade's four entrances. Each giving completely free access to the smartest shops in Ireland. These will include ladies' dress, suit and coat shops, a sweater shop, lingerie, shoes and silk shops, a maternity shop, an accessory shop, a beauty boutique, shops for cottage handcrafts and fashion jewellery, an art shop and a wine lodge. A delicatessen will also be included. And finally, within the arcade for the convenience of patrons will be a restaurant, an information bureau and telephone kiosks, permitting shoppers to spend the entire day under the one roof in the heart of the city's fashion centre. Free from rain and cold, the shopping arcade will offer the best of everything, making shopping a comfortable and pleasant day's event. A gala opening is scheduled for November on completion of the building and decorating operations over the next few months. The latest interior lighting and insulating systems, central heating and decor will be utilised throughout in the design of the new arcade. All shops will present facades of sheer glass and a plastic daylight ceiling in the interior of the arcade itself will give a summertime atmosphere for worryless, carefree shopping sprees the year round. So that's obviously great crack. Uh, so now back to uh, katiemilligan.wordpress.com. As this article published shortly before the arcade opened, it was to be the new doyen of shopping in Dublin. I've never heard that word before. D-O-Y-E-N. Doyen, am I saying it right? Nobody knows. Catering for the needs of modern Irish women, completed with a restaurant, information bureau and telephone kiosks. I mean, where would you be without a telephone kiosk? Da, 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 da. Here's another screen grab of an announcement article for it. Shopping Arcade, Dublin's new showpiece. Opened for the Christmas season by the Lord Mayor, Councillor P.A. Brady TD, at a formal reception attended by over 700 people. Creation Shopping Arcade, the capital's first, is a great new addition to the Grafton Street Shopping Centre, linking Grafton Street with Duke and South Anne Streets and Duke Lane. Continued overleaf, and then it's got a lovely picture of real people, like not an artist's impression, but a real a real picture. And you'll probably recognise it if you if you look at this. So uh, back to Katie now. In January 1960, Creation ran a special feature on the new arcade using this fabulous cover art by Owen Walsh, who was born in 1933 and died in 2002, which was included in an exhibition of the artist's work in 2005 in Linnehan Art Centre in Castlebar and at the NCAD Gallery Dublin. Walsh's cover perfectly embodies the sleek, stylish and fashionable outlook of the magazine and the arcade. In addition to his graphic work, Walsh also contributed reviews of art exhibitions to a few issues of the magazine. Aw, cute! As well as its regular supply of shops and boutiques, the Creation Arcade was also used for fashion events and exhibitions as seen in the feature below. Now here's a new feature. What have we got? Creation House. So it's called, so I think that 
the impression that I get is that um, the arcade was obviously the ground floor and then the offices that sat in the building above it were the actual offices of this magazine. Now, I'm not 100% sure that I'm right about that, but everything that I've found out so far leads me to believe that that is where the magazine that I was, you know, on my knees in my nana's bedroom looking at this pile of, um, this stack of... um, old magazines that they had been written and possibly printed out of these offices above Creation Shopping Arcade just off Grafton Street in Dublin. So let me see, what does it say? It says, below, this photo shows part of the salon at Creation House during Sunbeam Shopping Parade Week. Well, that sounds deadly. And here is a portion of the salon as arranged by Sunbeam something, Wendy, maybe? No, Sunbeam Something Limited for the special exhibit in conjunction with the Sunbeam Shopping Parade Week at Creation House September 14th to 19th last. It was estimated that over 5,000 people attended the continuous fashion show and exhibition which was open from 11am to 6pm each day. A continuous fashion show? Jesus Christ, any stage managers out there be having a bloody heart attack? Okay, so now back to uh, Katie Milligan's WordPress. The magazine sought to bring the best of fashion and couture to Dublin and had regular fashion shoots at Dublin's modernist landmarks, such as Michael Scott's Basaris. Oh, there's a lovely shot now. I'll put these pictures up on Instagram as the week unfolds, if anybody's interested. And I must find this Katie Milligan woman. I wonder, can I interview her? Ooh, Katie, are you out there? Are you listening? Are you listening, Katie? I'll get Mary Black onto it, it'll be grand. Okay, now, back to Katie. And what self-respecting woman's mag would be without a regular Bride of the Month and Fancy Ma Holmes feature? Pardon? What's a Fancy Ma Holmes feature? Like, it literally says, so Fancy, written normally, and then capital M, Ma-Holmes feature. Magazines like Creation and places like the now-extinct Creation Arcade are a fascinating reminder of the material and consumer culture in Ireland in the second half of the 20th century, a story not often told in the history of the period. However, there is something wonderful about the fact that amid the adverts for Dior, silk stockings and the most intricate and constricting-looking examples of foundation wear, the age of worrying about heating cost and the potential for leaving the immersion on was just about to dawn. And the next one is a photo of a man leaning against a radio, a wireless, um, a big old radio, like a piece of furniture radio. It says, How much would central heating really cost? We asked Mr. Albert Brady, architect and lecturer, a question that homeowners have often put to us. Da 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 da. Upshot is, he says, it depends. Well, Jesus, Mr. Albert Brady, sure look at we're on the edge of our seats here. So there you are. Uh, so that's actually the end of Katie Milligan's historical piece about Creation Shopping Arcade in Dublin's Fashion Centre. <laughs> So the more I looked into Creation Arcade and uh, as I was deciding to call the podcast Creation Arcade, which actually, again, I didn't even fully realise the sort of gold that I had there. You know, I didn't like really realise and I was going to call this podcast something else and I had designed a logo and everything. And then by the time I got my shit together, a new podcast called that exact 
exact podcast name had just started and I just went oh bollocks (laughs) and it was about a week before I was starting to record so I was like oh god what'll I do Conan was just like call a creation arcade obviously we're and now we're all pals so that's the story Uh, I hope you enjoyed that I will do another podcast sometimes where sometime where I'll flip it around and I'll get someone to interview me and you can hear my um story or whatever and hopefully in the future I'll bring you another solo report I'm gonna call it something I always wanted to be when I was young was um something that already didn't exist so um a couple of my sort of you know, amusing lines that I would use uh, because I do fancy myself a bit of a comedian now, to be honest. It was like, uh, oh, when I I already have the name for my autobiography is Living in the Past because everything I've ever wanted has already happened. You know, it's in the olden days. It doesn't exist anymore. And even though I know this is the best time to be alive and, like, nobody's dying of polio, um, but my, like drive to like be it like Peggy Sue got married you know that film she's like goes to her 25th 5th year high school reunion in the 80s and she faints and she wakes up in 1960 and she's only 17 yes please but obviously I'd have to actually go into some sort of past life situation because I wasn't I was born in 1985 so I don't want to go back to then because that was that was shit so anyway um, one of the things that I always really, really wanted to be when I was young was like a radio actress because being a radio actress <laughs> was obviously the dream. Um, with those old microphones, there'd be like three of you in a line and, you know, you'd sing the ads like um, like it's probably really actually a very American thing. Um, I'm not sure what the radio was like here before RTE got involved. Maybe that'd be, that'd be interesting to look into, wouldn't it? Was it like all radio dramas and did we have like a radio actor scene and where were the stations? I mean, presumably in Dublin or maybe Cork or Galway or something, but uh, that'd be fun to look into. But, you know, I'd love to be one of those like women who got to like reading the news one minute and then be like singing away like, you know. The SS Britannia is waiting for you. And uh, then you'd have some, you know, bloke with a smoke in the side of his mouth and a cocked trilby on his hat going like you know get down to your local travel agent today that sort of thing um which <laughs> anytime i try to do like an old olden times voice i and i always end up sounding like someone who's attempting and i say attempting a uh, like a new york type accent so i either sound like a like a paper boy you know read all about it or i sound like a sort of a woman called estelle who's like a 70 year old jewish woman who's a agent in New York for, you know, struggling actors. And it's like, I'm going to take you to the top, kid. So uh, that's uh, that's that's my range, okay? So anyone out there who wants to give me a job in the past, um, that would be uh, really amazing. I'd love that. Uh, okay, everyone, thanks so much for listening. It's a joy. It's a joy to do the podcast. Thanks a million. Uh, if you could follow us on Instagram, it's Creation Arcade Pod. If you want to send us an email, it's creationarcadedublin at gmail.com. I hope. No, it is. I have a Facebook page, which I set up with for originally for my vintage stall, Creation Arcade. If you want to join that, you can. But I don't really post on Facebook because I hate it. Uh, shh, don't tell them. They're listening, you know. Uh, so... <laughs> So please follow the podcast. Feel free to promote the podcast. I mean, 
you don't need to ask. It's fine. If you want to go on your Instagram stories and tell everyone how great my podcast is, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. No one's going to stop you. So, you know, you just you just make whatever decision is best for you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Next week, actually, I'm going to Berlin, baby. So, ich habe ein Koffer in Berlin, lads, you know. I will always leave a suitcase in Berlin, just like Marlena. Uh, she'll be my inspiration for my five-day trip to Berlin. Well, four days, really. And uh, it's going to be great. And I'll tell you all about it, hopefully from there. So, yeah. So, as I say, follow the podcast, like it, subscribe, do all those things that are nice and that make a difference to algorithms telling you that you're deadly because that's really nice feeling um, and also I hope you get something from it and if you would like to be a guest get in touch I'll have you no bother I, I have some really fun people coming up in the summer and actually a lot of them in September because obviously the summer is a crazy time to try and organise anything um, but sure we'll see how it goes uh, but if you're around Dublin and you want to be a guest get on to me I will have you. If you have anything to promote that is coming up in like two, three, four weeks from whenever you want to be on the podcast, that would be ideal. I try my best to promote the people I have on and uh, it's really important to me that we all remember that we're all in it together, uh, which is a hashtag I like to lash on the end of the things I write. Uh, I usually write, we're all in it together, pets. So yeah, look, this has been gorgeous. Creation Arcade. See what you can find out. Ask your grannies um, and or anyone else who's old who you know and aren't related to uh, or any like old time publishers or whatever. If you find anything out about it, I'd love you to send it to me. That would be amazing. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Creation Arcade. This podcast was recorded and presented by me, Harriet and edited by Conan Brophy. Mm-hmm.